And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. All right, here we go. Another time with the two of the. Well, one of us is really good looking. One of us is kind of ugly, but that's all right. It is the Weighing In Podcast coming in at edition 98, Josh. We are two away from 100. We had a great night on Thursday with some fantastic fights and finishes at Bellator 253 and then the UFC pay-per-view 255 with Figueroa versus Perez. And we also had uh, Shevchenko versus Maya, and Maya really did a nice job. She was in the fight tough. If you had bet that, I think it was a goddamn close to 16, 1700. Yes. You had to give to win 100 on Shevchenko. You were a little worried at one point on yes, that. Yes, you so, were. It's all right. So you went to Austin, Texas for a moment. You're back. How you feeling? I'm good, you know, just uh, I'm doing what everybody else is doing. I'm taking a look around the rest of the United States and seeing where I want to move. <laughs> California right. is not, California is not the place, my man. It's not just, anymore. Yeah, it just, it's, you know, it's just a personal, uh, personal preference. You know, I think right now with the taxes going up and just people, you know, the schools, you know, public schools. and, and You mean no public schools, you can't work, you can't have Thanksgiving dinner, but yeah. the governor can. Yeah, yeah. I love that dude. There's just a lot of things. I mean, you know, outside of outside of all that, I just, yeah. There's 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 other you know, just uh, can't really do much, you know. And then the you know, there's a lot of people around that are. I, I look. I just I went to other areas, other states, and it's very uh, it's it's a lot more warming. So let me just it's give you. An, let me give you an example. It's apparent that it's nicer there, isn't it? Well, yes, it is. Well, here, let yeah. me just give you. It's not, not not like here. Not so much like I was just in Austin. The weather was 81 degrees. <laughs> that was, you know, and I'm here in California right now and the weather is like 40. So <laughs> everyone talks about the weather. I'm like, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, sure. But uh, I was enjoying uh, with some friends on Friday night, some barbecue and sitting outside on the porch and, and uh, next to the pool and eating some barbecue, man, in an 81 degree in shorts. So it was kind of nice. Uh, it rained on Saturday morning just a tad bit, but it was still nice. It cleared up a little bit later. Be- a beautiful area, you know, good areas. Um good like i love to play golf plenty of golf courses there in austin nice areas so we'll see man i mean i've got other areas i'm gonna look over there by you as well in tennessee i'm gonna look yeah. at, i'm gonna look both places bit. have good barbecues so you're good yeah. there i'm gonna look in north carolina a little bit as well you know um i got one of my biggest sponsors out there oak grove technologies and uh you know ed ruth just moved out there with his family uh josh koshik moved out there and got married i mean you know some of my old friends are still there so whatever i think you know we'll just take a take a spin around gotta look Take a spin Does around it, the uh, United States and see what this uh, what this country has to offer. So there you go, man. You know that's really what it comes down to. We're having fun. I think um, it'll be fun. I just I want to I want to try something different. I've lived in California pretty much my whole life. I lived in Idaho for seven years. You know, through high school and for sure college, and then after that, yeah, I lived I've lived here pretty much. So I was born and raised here in San Jose, and I've, I've been here for twenty years. You know, since since I started fighting in the UFC and stuff back in the day in 2000. So I've oh, been so here. You're smarter, you're smarter than me because I lived there for over 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been here for 20 and then I actually lived here for 12. So I'm, I'm kind of close, you know, and I'm kind of getting a little bit, I'm smarter as I'm getting and a little bit faster than you, a little bit smarter <laughs> faster than you. But, uh, but overall, look, I mean, I guess for me, California, it really just comes down to <clears throat> if, um, 
I'll give you an example. I lived in my house. I bought my house 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, the one I live in. I bought my house 11 years ago. I know one neighbor. And the only reason why I know that neighbor is because the person, it's a neighbor to my left. The only reason why I know that person is because that neighbor, their grandson is the one that lived next door to the house that we bought. That's it. That's the only reason why I know them is I bought, I bought the house from their grandson that lived next door to them and he moved and moved like 20 minutes away. But like, yeah, that's the only reason why I know who they are. And they're actually friendly and they talk the rest of my neighbors. I, when you walk out of your driveway and there, I walk out of their driveway at the same time and they look at you and they don't even wave at you. That's, really? how, that's, that's how this has become. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. No, you, I could be, and this is one of my, I a couple of years ago, I realized I would be running on a trail at 6am, you know, for, for fight stuff, like probably a couple of years ago, four, three, four years ago. And maybe longer than that. And, um, and I'd be running, it's like five thirty six 6am on the trail and there's no one on the trail. You pass someone, they don't even wave. They don't say hi. They don't give a nod on their head. They just like, they act like they're, you're not even on the trail. Yeah. But did you give a hi? Yes. I always, give, okay. I always wave and they All just right, keep going. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. And it's just, and it's I not, it's, it's not just one person. It's almost everybody that walks past you. And so I'm just like, yeah. You know, I mean, I, it depends on what, what you're looking for. I'm looking for a little bit more community and for people uh, to, you know, I think when I went out and played uh, golf down in Florida with uh, some of our friends from, uh, or one of our, from our producer from uh, from the yeah. show, from Bellator, his friends were, one was to the left, one was to the right in terms of, you know, social, uh, I mean, uh, political stuff. But yeah. man, the two of them were fun to hang out with. Yeah, they were so fun. not about political views it's about person. It was so fun, man. They they had I had a blast. I had a blast with them and and uh I even think my I think our our buddy was a little uh <laughs> it was like I went home and he was and you went out more with my friends and I was like, "Hey, they it was a good time." <laughs> your, your friends are yeah. going to be my friends. Yeah, it was so funny, but it was great. I loved Florida as well, so. Anyways, good stuff. All right, well, let's get into the UFC, man. What do you think? Man, I thought the you know going into it, we had talked, and I thought it was a good card overall. You know, beforehand, I thought you know people people are going to sit there and complain about certain. Things. I think it's really a good card, yeah. and I'll tell you what, it started off awesome because the first fight of the night was Sasha Palatnikov against uh, undefeated Louis Cross, and they were going for it, and it was a it was a barn burner fight. I mean, not maybe not the greatest technique in the world, but you know. It was guys showing a lot of heart on both sides. Both were getting beat up, and it was fun to watch. And I and I want to say I lost money on that because I didn't really know much about either. I'd seen Sasha fight once. I I had watched a clip of Louis Cross when he won the uh, mm -hmm. Dana White thing, and so but he was like undefeated, had never been basically out of the first round, which showed in the fight later on. But you know, I, I looked. I said, I'll you know, I got my my bookie thing, I'm, oh, dude, it's 575 or 100. But you know what? That's almost a sure thing. Five and two, a guy that's got mostly decisions. Well, the guy that I remembered that I saw fight in, you know, long ago mm -hmm. in Asia is a different guy today because he looked really good, man. He looked <laughs> tough. He came after it, being trained by John Wood. John Wood, you did a great job with him. Be proud, man. He was a completely different fighter. He got the win, and he deserved the win. So full disclosure, guys, um, I was on a flight and I didn't get to see the first four fights of the prelims. I saw the rest from when we got to the, uh, what was it, Cynthia Cavillo? No, it wasn't. It was the other front. Scroll down a little bit there, buddy. Podcast Dave is not here. He's on vacation. Oh, the uh, Shevchenko fight. Antonina 
Shechenko. Podcast kinda, Dave has been on vacation yeah. his entire life. Yeah, I know, I know. This guy, he's always he's, he's always <laughs> gone. What the fuck? Jeez. Anyways. And the one fight that I'm really upset that I missed was the Alan Jubon fight. Because I'm, oh! I'm a huge fan of Alan Jubon, man. He's just Alan Jubon look fucking good. Because he, I'll tell you what, the guy he fought, Jared Gooden, that dude is, he's a stud, man. He is put together like a brick shit house. He was very calm, very composed. Because we, we both know Alan can fight in the stand-up. Alan's stand-up is really good. And he yeah. was getting hit with shots, but returning them. Uh, they had a they had a clash of heads at one point, and that really kind of damaged Allen's uh, right eye. Mm-hmm. You could see he had problems with it, had swelling out of it. But uh, just a tough back-and-forth fight because there was times when Gooden was coming on and he was putting big shots on Allen. Allen would come back with kicks. His kicks were a, kind of a difference maker. And then at the end of the fight, he almost had the guillotine choke. He gets top top side on it. Time goes out. It was a really great competition between two guys that were really going for it. And at basically 39 years of age, Alan Jobain looked freaking good. He doesn't look 39. He does, dude. He doesn't look, he doesn't look 30. Yeah, that's, here's the thing. It's funny. Um, you know, we've had guys in the UFC that people, you know, people have talked about being good looking. This kid's extremely good looking. Well, he is a model. Yeah. I mean, like, he's, he's like, he, he, is an, he is a righteous model similar to Luke Rockhold. That's, got paid for it. Wow. Wow. He's a savage. I, I love to, I, I guess I love when people, like he posts a lot about his son. He posts a lot about his, uh, you know, his training with his kid, his, his boy, you know, and he just, he's a, he seems like a very good guy. And every time, um, I would, uh, like comment on his page or for his social media and he just, he'll always respond with like something very positive. I love being around people like that. And he's, phenomenal person i like he did his inter- he, i saw a little interview he did um not interview he did a little video of himself in the ambulance on the way to the hospital just to kind of like get it checked out i was like oh man i didn't hear the results yet because i was just got off the flight and i like i got on my phone and i saw he's like yeah i'm just going to the you know thank you for everyone for supporting me and i'm just going for uh standard precautions to see you know what's wrong by didn't say whether he won or not <laughs> i was like <laughs> fuck, i was like pulling my hair out i'm like did you fucking win or not so but no, I, had to, I finally was able to uh, see the highlights a little bit. I saw some of the highlights, and that was it. So, but uh, I didn't get, I didn't, wasn't able to get onto the, onto my phone and start watching until the Antonina uh, fight, Shevchenko fight. Yeah, but, you know, I did uh, when Allen first started as a fighter. I did his first, his first fight was against Tyson Griffin's brother, Kyle Griffin, and it was at the Tachi Palace in Lemoore, California. There, hmm. and he, dude, he he knocked. Uh, I want to say it was 15 seconds. Knocked him out in 15 seconds. Looked, you know, just wow. knee down, out, stopped it. So then he goes, his second fight, I'm back at Tachi Palace, and it's against Chidi and Jikawani. Remember Chidi? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And you talk about a back and forth in the stand-up, but Chidi ends up knocking him out, hits him with a body, I think it was a body kick or a body shot. Oh. I think it was a kick to the body. It was a kick to the body. Joe Bain just folded over. Oh. I didn't. I didn't blame him. I would have folded over too. <laughs> yes. But you know, then he went on a win streak from there, and you know, got himself into the UFC. He's just had a. He's had a really solid career. He's a good fighter. Yeah. He had one of the hardest elbows, Josh. I am telling you, I did a fight in the UFC that he. Uh, God, who was the? Um, I want to say he's Australian. Uh, Richard Walsh. Scroll up and down. 
gotta, Richard Walsh is the fighter, and he yeah. hit Richard Walsh with an elbow that sounded like he had a hammer in his hand. Yeah, that was it, Rousey and Zagano fight, huh? Oh man, car. he hit him so hard with that. You know, that was the end of the fight. But I mean, there's times when Allen is he is just brutally good. You know, I think obviously. I don't think he's going to be competing for the championship. He's, you know, past that point of his career, but he's still, you're going to get in a fight with Allen. You know, you're going to have your hands full. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, he's always been fun to watch. And, um, I just like it. I like him more. I, I can't say I don't like him as a fighter. I like him, but I like him as a person. And that, yeah. I, that's what Super I, guy. I think for me, I, that's kind of what I gravitate, gravitate towards when I see, when I see people on their social media, when I see fighters on their social media and they're, and they're, I guess reacting, you know, they're interacting with their fans and then either other fighters. You mean they're positive? They're very positive. Very positive. That's the whole person. point. He's a, he's a pleasure to, um, it's a pleasure to follow, you know, and it's a pleasure to watch him fight as well. So even though I missed this fight, but I've seen him fight plenty of times and he's always fun. Um, the Antonina Shevchenko fight. Yeah, she looked good, man. Here she was getting, she was getting rocked in the stand up. Here's this girl that's, you know, you know, I don't want to say 10, 11 time Muay Thai champion, all that stuff. She was getting rocked yeah. by Lipsky in the standup. She took some big shots and took it to the ground. And, you know, she's always, always talked about her having problems. Well, she's obviously training with her sister and, and that team and her ground game looked good. She was doing good work, opens up with the ground and pound, gets the win. It was a big time win for her. I feel like the two of the Shevchenko, both of them, they, they have this thing, or I don't know. If, I don't know if something's going on with their stand-up, or they're just not feeling as as much as they they like it. But they've been working so, or they've been working so much on trying to make their grappling better that it's just now taken over, like their their training. Because it seems like it's just natural for both of them to punch their way to the clinch and to use like you know the knees and the uh, and the foot sweeps and things like that to get the person to the ground, the trips to get them to the ground. They couldn't look any more different though. Oh yeah, they don't look anything alike. <laughs> no, they don't. I, I mean, like I would, I was like, is one adopted or are they? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> they have different dads. What's going on here? So I mean, but they don't look anything alike. That's like when if you said like, yeah, this is my sister. I'm like, yeah, right. So, <laughs> but uh, but it's it's good, man. I I think. Antonina, she looked good. She looked. Uh, she was like, I agree with you. She was losing the stand up. She was getting him some yeah. big shots. She closed the distance really well. She was able to get some takedowns. You could just tell between the two of them, though, they both have, like, really heavy hips. Because when they get on top, I don't know if they're just physically strong. When they get on top, man. I think physically strong. Yeah. I, I think Valentina's move. even more physically strong than her sister. Yeah, she looks but, it. Yeah. I mean, come on. Some of the ways that she, you know, we're jumping to her fight. Look at some of the takedowns she hit. Yeah. Look at and, and she does a great job of turning that angle, getting to the side, and then... You know, she doesn't try to do it from the front. She steps her way through and mm -hmm. then makes the throw. It's just technically really done well. It's fun to watch. Well, it's 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 a low risk, high reward type takedowns. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. It's like if I don't get the takedown, I'm still behind you, still there around your hips. Or if I do, if I do get the takedown, I maybe am in half guard versus full guard. You know, and that's kind of where a lot of fighters like to make, like to make their living. So, um, pull the other card up. I'm gonna I'm gonna get on you, buddy. If you don't keep up, get on you. We got we got podcast Dave's buddy in here, Gian, and um, 
and he better keep up because I'm gonna jump over the table and give him some licks. So you didn't get to see the Nicholas Dalby Daniel no, Rodriguez. Fight. I didn't get to yeah. see that. Yeah, that was and that was one. You know, I know Cormier thought that uh, Daniel Rodriguez had won and stuff. It was a close fight. It was mm -hmm. you know, but Dalby's the guy. If you recall going back, Ross Houston, who fights for Bellator now, mm -hmm. Ross Houston and Nicholas Dalby had a battle in Cage Warriors that um, in the it got so bloody and so bad. And Cage Warriors uses the old vinyl, you know, oh, yeah. uh, flooring that Mark Goddard, the referee, had to stop the fight. He ended it and called it a no contest based upon too much blood. Because they both couldn't move there. They're slipping and sliding, and it was crazy. But he, you know, he had a really good, that's a big win for him against Daniel Rodriguez, who trains with Joe Schilling, who I thought really fought at times really well, sometimes mm -hmm. took some, you know. he's Dalby's different because he's kind of got the karate style, and he uses his kicks a lot. Got it. But uh, it, was a good, it was a good fight overall. Like I said, I thought that the preliminary card, you know, it really had some, had some good competition. Kyle Dawkins looked good. Um, that fight was a tough fight. Him and, um, what was it, uh, Dustin Stolf Stoltzfus. Stoltzfus. Okay. I know Cormier had a hard time saying that Still name. Down. Now I am. But Look Dawkins looked good. All the way down. Look for Dawkins. It's at the bottom. <clears throat> that was the second fight of the night. Yeah. But Kyle Dawkins, man, you talk about it. He got a funky build. I'm just going to say it. You know, it's <laughs> a little bit weird. God damn, he's long for 185 pounds. Dawkins? Yeah, man, he's super long, and he's good, man. His last fight was, <clears throat> excuse me, his last fight was pretty good. I remember, I remember we talked Brendan about Brendan Allen. Yeah, I remember we talked about that fight. And it was a good fight. Yeah, it was a really good, it was a close fight. And I thought Brendan Allen was really good, and man, he looked good against him. And then he came out in this fight, and I, I'll, I'll give it to you. Dustin Stolzfus is good. Mm -hmm. He's got, he's a, he's a tough dude. He, he's got power. He's got. You know, actually, really good grappling. He was going after different mm -hmm. things because I know that Dawkins has got good grappling. And at times, when you were watching the fight, you were seeing that it was Stolfus that wanted to be in the grappling scenarios, and Dawkins wanted to be more in the striking. So yeah. Um, <clears throat> good stuff. Let me see. Oh, the Joaquin Buckley. See, I'm still pissed. Why? I'm cause yeah. man. Frick, he had five fights in Bellator, and they got rid of him when he lost to Logan Storley. Okay, losing to Logan Storley. Yeah, Logan, you know, dominated him because he kept taking him off his feet and stuff. But yeah. I love Buckley in the fact that Buckley comes to fight. He goes after it. He, he tries to use power. He uses a lot of good techniques. He's got good kicks, obviously, from think of his past fights. But... He's a gamer, man, and and you know Jordan Wright was undefeated going into this fight. He just basically, in my opinion, he was tearing Jordan Wright up from the beginning. The oh, power yeah. was evident. The strength was uh, difference was evident. I thought I think at one eighty five, I like him better at one eighty five than when he's at one seventy. I think he's just better. I think his speed is is actually noticeably better against that weight class than it is in the welterweights. So he looked good. I look at it this way though: Jordan Wright had a has a really big body frame. He's enormous. Seems like he's mm -hmm. enormous for the weight. Yeah. Joaquin Buckley was having I wouldn't say having problems with him, but that long jab and the power of of Jordan Wright was keeping him at bay a little bit, and he was able to sneak one through. But I could see in these exchanges that Joaquin Buckley was going to have to start 
extending himself more as the fight went on. And that could have left him out of position for Jordan Wright to, to, to have success, more success than he was having already in the first round. The first round was close. I gave it to Joaquin Buckley, but the first yep. round was close because what? At the very first round, he got dropped, right? No. He, no, no, he, no, Jordan Wright yeah. did. Jordan Wright got yes, dropped at the yes, end of the first yes. round. That's what I was okay, saying. Yeah, Jordan yeah. Wright got dropped at the first, but that round was close up until then. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh and I had Jor I didn't have Jordan winning the round, but it was close. I could have seen it going either way until he got dropped. Yeah, but Jordan came- Jordan was eating the bigger shots. He yeah. And you're looking at it. I guess, I guess. Yeah. I mean I, was. I wouldn't I guess what I was looking at was I was looking at more of the stiff shots and the footwork and a lo- I feel like he looked like the better fighter technically cuz cuz Joaquin kept jumping in. And kind of missing, miss you know he misses a lot of shots. Like he throws yes, a lot of power, he, he misses a lot of shot. I guess from a, I guess if as a as a ref, I'm not a ref, but a judge, I'd be looking at it going, okay, you've been airballing quite a bit, you know. Yeah, but you don't you don't you don't get anything taken off for the airball, and the other guy doesn't win anything for the airball. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess for me, I look, <laughs> I, I, I I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it in terms of. Um, he, it just looked like he had more ring control at the time, based on he was able to keep Joaquin Buckley away with the long kicks. He's also I, the, right. with the long jab, and then every time Joaquin would throw, he would um, he every time he would throw, he would sometimes he'd throw quite a bit of air balls. So to me, that in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is a close round. I'm not saying that I I had Jordan Wright winning at the time. I just had I had it at this this part where it was kind of. Uh, was still undecided. I was still undecided with like a minute left before 30 seconds left before he got popped. He yeah, got but dropped. it was easy. It was easy with uh, 15 seconds left. Oh yeah, you were. You're yeah, it was definitely easy. <laughs> definitely easy. Yeah, it definitely. But, yeah. Well, Joaquin Bailey's good. I mean, he's, he's. I'm not taking anything away from him. He's really good. He's talented. He's fast. He's explosive. And I like how he tries to bring the fight. That's what every. That's, what that's I, what everyone wants to see. Exactly. That's what I love about yeah. him. And, and you can sit there and yeah, I I agree with you. I think, and I think he said it in his. Uh, Thing. I think, you know, the pressure of being the guy that now the UFC is actually promoting, because you think of that, that you know, the the kick that he landed when in Abu Dhabi and what occurred with it and all of the notoriety he's gotten with it. Well, now he's he's got that little added pressure. And it's like we talk about, there's different levels and you step up in this game and there's more pressure that comes with it. And I think that he was looking like he had to have that big moment again. He had to put this guy away. And sometimes when you're thinking of putting a guy away, you make you make mistakes. You you have the air balls, and it it becomes tougher. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I don't want I didn't want him to continue to think because you have to remember this. Like, sure, you got the highlight reel knockout. They will always show that knockout. They will <laughs> always show it. From now until eternity, man. You don't need to go and get another one. Like, I mean, sure, yeah. you. it's nice to get one, but you don't need to. Just think about it yeah. in terms like you will always be shown. That will always be shown as a knockout. And so yep. you'll, that will be, that'll live on probably for at least another 10 years. Easy. So, for his whole career. Yeah. Every time that he's going to fight, they're going to show that. All right. After the Buckley fight, we had Brandon Marino against Brandon Royval, which I thought was going to turn into a really good fight, but. A little bit of an injury was the real the, the difference maker in it. Not that Moreno wasn't doing you know what he was supposed to be doing. It's just you get hurt in the fight. But he now has a matchup with the guy we'll talk about later, the champ in 21 days. What that, do you think that, of that? 
that's a big turnaround. And here's the other thing it is it's funny because Dana also talked about how uh, Michael Chandler didn't want to fight Tony Ferguson. And need, because and he didn't needed want to time. Make, we needed time because he didn't yeah. want to make weight twice and two times in a row. And these two guys, both of them cut a lot of weight, especially yep. um, both. Uh, Figueredo. He, he cuts a ton of weight. And in 21 days, he's going to make weight again. You know, and they're trying to use the, I think when I was listening to the Chandler stuff uh, with Dana, I was like, well, he doesn't want to make the weight because of what happened with Tony Ferguson. Remember, he made the weight and then it just, he wasn't the same fighter when he fought Justin Gaethje. I'm like, I don't know. I, I get the I get weight cuts are a lot, but it just, uh, I mean, I'm happy for Brandon. He, he's going to, Brandon's going to end up getting a title shot, which is great. The quick turnaround for both of us. They're very current. So we get to see both of them um, fight within 21 days. You remember their last fight. You remember how they got there. It's like, there's a lot to be said about that. So I think that they'll have a better, and they, they're going to, they're trying to do something with, uh, with Figueredo to try to get him to become more of a star because he has fun fights. He has exciting fights and he's very dominant. So why not try and do something with him? You know, um, th that division has been just this and mainly this, to be honest, you know, <laughs> um, but it's just been this because, you know, people don't really tune in. They didn't, you know, no matter what they feel about, uh, um, DJ, DJ was so dominant that people just lost interest, you know, and, uh, smaller guys, I think this, not all of them have the pop that everyone does. This guy has the pop figure it out, has the pop. And then Brandon Moreno has the pop as well. So to see those two guys fight here shortly, which is kind of crazy. Cause Roy Vall was, he's good. He's good. He's Very really good. Unfortunate incident where you pop your shoulder yep. out and just, there's nothing you can do. You can't move. Like it's oh, just can't move your arm. Yeah. I mean, I've had mine. I didn't pop out and stay out, but it popped out and it slid back in. And it's just automatically your mind just changes. It just automatically your mind changes on what you're going to do. So there's just no way of, you know, and when his, when his coach put it back in, he just stood up. You knew that they had already. Just a little twist. Yeah, a little twist. You knew that yep. they had already been, They've that's already happened several times. Go get the surgery, yep. buddy. Get it fixed. It's quick. It's easy. It's four months turnaround. I fought Gilbert Lennon in five months and won a world title against Gil in five months after having shoulder surgery. So it's quick. You know, don't get me wrong. It's a lot of therapy, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, rehab, but it can be quick if you want it to be quick. It's up to you. But um, get it fixed so that never happens again because that was shaping up to be a really good fight. And it sucks we didn't yeah. get to see what it, what it could have been because of that. Yep. But it's, you know, again, injuries happen. I, I don't I don't look at it like, obviously, Brandon gets the win. Brandon Re Royval gets the loss, but he didn't lose. He got, he got you know, it's yeah. injury that happens in the fight. That's just the way it is. It was uh, it was like a precursor for the disappointment of the next fight, in my opinion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Oh man, I, you know, he's got, Shogun needs to stop. I told you, I, we I didn't just tell, you stop. knew that already, but we talked yeah. about this. This was our midweek show last week, I think it was. I just, I just have no interest in seeing him fight, man. Like, did I you? I mean, I, even even the interview he did before, you're looking at him going, man. Dude, you're just not looking good, mm -mm. you know. And, and he's just—you can see the the wear and tear on the body, on everything about him. And you know, look in his prime, Paul Craig wouldn't have held a candle no. to Mauricio Hua. And you know, he was dominating. Paul Craig was dominating that fight. You know, he took he took Mauricio down with takedowns that were not, you know, and they weren't bad. But it was the actual response by Mauricio that made it look good because he had his he got his legs together, his feet together, 
just everything looked bad. It just looked like he was running, you know, three speeds behind. You know, I, I felt bad for him. I, I hope that uh, I hope they don't have him fight again. You know, it's the same thing. You know, with Anderson Silva. I know Anderson, you know, was released, and I know he says he wants to continue on with what he loves. And I'm sure there's someone out there that will give him fights, but it's not something I want to see. And I don't want to see it in the UFC. And I think Dana has already talked about, he needs to talk about to Mauricio about retiring and he should, because you know, it's just not there. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Everyone does it for a different reason. Once I like for me, once I realized I couldn't, I wasn't going to be a champ and I wasn't going to get back to being a title. Then why? It's like, don't get me wrong. It's nice to get a one or two extra checks for a little cushion until you figure out what you want to do after fighting. Sure. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know their financial situations, but you got, you got to start thinking long-term life situations, you know? And, uh, I don't know. He, he looks like a zombie out there. Uh, like he's, he is, you know, it's like he just kind of goes through the motions of just what he's been doing. His body just naturally does it. Naturally. But and it's just not there. It's not, there's no pop behind his punches. There's no real aggressiveness behind his kicks. There's nothing. It's like, it's really like almost like a, a really slow shadow boxing or not shadow boxing, but sparring session with his buddies. Just years and years of his body being ingrained and being able to do it. It's just, it just does it naturally. You know, like I tell that story about the Pat Healy fight all the time because it's exactly what was going through my mind. It was like, I got taken, I told myself I couldn't lose the a takedown in the third round. And as he took me down, I was telling myself, because I had two broken ribs in my sternum, and I was like, just stay down. Just stay down. Something's wrong with your... I didn't know if they were broken at the time, but I was like, I knew something was wrong. I couldn't take breaths. I couldn't get yeah. my breath. Anyways, so I get taken down. I'm like, just stay down. Just stay down. Like, it'll be all right. You know, like, you'll, they'll understand. People will understand. And as I'm telling myself that in my mind, my body is just trying to stand back up. And that's, a, that's all I see with them is that it's just that... I see with Shogun is that he throws a combination and just puts his head down and just his body's so used to it. It's like punch, punch, kick, kick, punch, kick. It's like, he, it's just a repetition of what he's done his whole life. And he just it sees it and he, it, it just happens. And I don't know. I don't know how to put it, but Paul Craig, I agree with you. Wouldn't have lasted three or four minutes with him. The, 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 nope. pr the prime one, you know, and Paul Craig just manhandled The physical strength is not there. Oh, yeah. Just the body's not there for Shogun. And I don't want to take anything away from Paul Gregg. No, he no. looked good, but it's just he did. And his grappling getting, is outstanding. When you're getting knocked, when you're getting TKO'd by a jiu-jitsu guy, you got to start thinking, okay, look, it's time for me to wrap this up. Yeah, you know, it was a. I mean, I I'm, I know in the uh, the broadcast, you know, like you know, Rogan and Cormier are trying to say, well, he's only got you know, you know, one loss in his last you know five fights and stuff, and it's like, yeah but it only takes one fight to change someone forever. And you know, he had that one loss. I know against Anthony Smith, if you go and you, that was, uh, he got stopped in that fight, but you know, he got crushed in that fight. And I honestly think that fight is that one that started to change him. because mm -hmm. He got crushed in that thing. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's time. I hope I don't want to see him. You know, I don't want to see him, you know, damaged to the point where he can't enjoy his family and his life yeah. with whatever comes in the future. So, yeah, that's one of those great guy. Yeah, he is a great guy. He's actually, he really is a great guy. Um, uh, Chikagian and Cavillo. Man, Cavillo better figure out. Oh, you know what? People aren't afraid of me. 
yeah. it's not what it is, you know. And it's if if you are going to get into a uh, a gunslinging match with someone that's longer and faster, you've got to make that that conscious choice, that decision that I need to step this foot inside of that range to take away the kicks that she has to limit her punching power with her jab and everything. And I don't think that, you know, Caitlin has, you know, incredible punch power, but she's got that snap. And when she's long and you're at the end of her punch, you, you know, it's, it's, for, it's knocking you back a little bit. Cavillo never had that, that moment where you looked and you said, all right, she's really working to get herself inside. At moments she would give that little bit, it looked like it, and then she'd back off. Yeah. And uh, she just let Chikagian dominate the fight. Yeah. And she did. She dominated the fight. She made it look easy. There comes a moment <clears throat> which we talk which we'll talk about a little bit with Mike Perry. <clears throat> Mike Perry felt like I think in the last 10 seconds, 15 seconds, he felt like he needed to get a knockout to win that round and to win the fight also too. But he tried. But he tried. Cynthia Cavillo never tried that. There was like, okay, I'm okay just pot shotting and getting out here. When people are afraid, they're more concerned about not getting knocked out or more concerned about just getting through the round or through the fight to get to the decision that as a promoter, that's, I think promoters start thinking like, you knew you were, you knew you were losing. So why didn't you get after it? Why don't you go for it? Why don't you try your hardest to get in? And I don't, I never saw a moment there where she tried really, really hard to get on the inside and put her foot in her ass. You know what I mean? Like well, that, it, well, one of the things that I see that, and it has nothing to do with her fighting, but it, it usually tends to tell me something about the fighter's mental state is, you know, she was with, you know, in Sacramento with, you know, Team Alpha Male. That's where she did most of her training and stuff. Then she went to AKA and she was at AKA for how long, Josh? Not long. Not very long. Now, now she's in Vegas. Yeah. And usually when you see someone jumping like that, it's mm -hmm. telling me upstairs there's just problems well i understand and the ak it, thing it, it can be family problems it can be a lot of things it was the it was the covid problems. thing ak was closed for the longest time she was getting offered fights she couldn't take them so she had to go somewhere you know okay. and she obviously didn't want to go back to alpha male i mean ak like just barely opened a couple weeks ago and then now they're shut down again because the government shut down again so like those fighters out of ak that's probably why you don't see a lot of them fighting because they have nowhere to fucking do a camp they're like sneaking into gyms with buddies and training out of dc's garage when dc's in town which is very rarely you know what i mean so like that's the thing these guys don't they don't have camp like ak is up and down close and it's not their fault just the city like I, my gym just got shut down on thursday when we were doing the show while we were doing our, our bellator show the city came and shut my gym down it's like, all right, well, whatever. Just, you know, nothing we can do. So um, just one of those things. It's it's like, that, and that's another reason why I'm just looking at Austin. <laughs> <You know? laughs> looking in Tennessee and looking in Florida and looking in, in North Carolina, you know. So, uh, yeah, it was a little disappointing. I mean, like, I think she's talented. I think she's got, but she, she looks is. so much smaller than Chikagian. She looked extremely small, but the weight cut to 15 is going to be too much for her. And so I, I don't know. She's going to have to either up the game and in certain areas, spend a lot more time focusing on her wrestling, or she's going to have to just sometimes bite down on her mouthpiece and fucking get after it. I didn't see that from her in either one of those situations. So, I mean, her wrestling, like she shot one or two shots and they weren't close. That was it. Yeah, and they yeah, weren't close. And so it was like, all right, well, then now what do I do? There was never a game plan. Like, okay, what do I do now? I can make this a dog fight. I didn't see that out of her either. Like, well, shit ain't working, man. You got to make it a dog fight. You know, and I, I'll give you guys a, a, another example of myself, my personal experience. 
I lost the first round to, to Tony Ferguson. I lost the second round bad to Tony Ferguson. The third yeah. round, the third round, it was like, I knew I was like still fucked up going in the third round. I'm like, just go for it, man. You got nothing else to lose. Fuck, you lost yeah. the first two rounds. What's going to happen? You lose a decision. If you if you go for it, you get, you get knocked out, you get submitted. Okay, so we just get through it and move on to the next one. Like, a loss is a loss. When you look at the L column, it's still an L. You know, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't say like, it doesn't, doesn't mean like, well, he, oh, he got an LL because it was an extra loss. <laughs> like, he <laughs> lost extra hard. Yeah. It doesn't mean that. It's like still an L, you know? So it's, it, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. Right? For me, it didn't, it never mattered. Like, you know, in the fight with Gilbert. For a Rondes. lot of people, it does, though. Yeah, For a lot of people, it does. I'm just going to tell you. Yeah. It shouldn't, but it does. Well, yeah. here, like the fight with Gil Melendez, I knew I, I knew I was down on the cards the second fight, not the third or the first, the second fight, which to me was one of the most exciting fights ever in MMA. And I came out on the short end of the stick, but Bob told me at the end of the fourth round, he's like, you need to knock him out. And if you watch the fifth round, I came out and tried to knock his fucking head off. No success. But it was, it was fun for the fans. But it's oh, like, it was a good fight. You've got to bite down on your mouthpiece at times and be like, hey, that's why I'm, when we get into the to the Mike Perry situation, the talk, I'm like, hello. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you stood. There was moments thing. that they spoke. I was like, if I was if I was Tim Means coaches, I'd be like, what are you doing? Back away, move, circle <laughs> out, hit him with the knee and get out or push, kick him, keep him away. Like, I mean, that's all I would have been saying. Because he was one in the third round pretty easily. And yep. then but then he decided to stand. I, I tip my hat to him for standing in there and taking the taking yep. the chance. But a dirty it was, bird. It was so fun, man. It was a that last twenties. The fight was fun, but the whole the the last thirty seconds to a minute were a great minute. That last minute of the fight was awesome. So, Cynthia Cavio needs to get a little lesson from Mike from Mike Perry in that situation. Uh, if, if there's one thing that I, I will give to Mike Perry, dude, he, he's a gamer, man. The guy, and he's actually got you know, I'm I'm looking at him from when I first saw him. You know, the, his first fight in the UFC. Because I had not seen him into, up to that point, and then uh, to to this point, when he first walked in, he was nothing but a guy that's you know he hit hard and he had punches. Yeah, you know he would he would throw a kick every now and then. He didn't have a real grappling game. Uh, got out of position and everything. But look, he took Tim Means down and he was doing good in the first round. Yeah, he got his you back, know? and, and you, he was doing good, man. And yet you look at everything; he's progressed. As a fighter, and he's always got in his back pocket power. Mm -hmm. He he can hurt you with his hands. He he hits hard. And you look at Tim Means fought a beautiful fight after that first round. You know, coming back, he moved his feet. He dude, his jab was just popping, Perry yeah. throughout the fight. Yeah, you know, and then he would throw that straight left down the pipe on him. Just everything he did, he went to the body. I thought you know some of his kicks were super hard to the body tim never loads up on on punches because yeah. he knows he's he's not that big knockout artist he usually if he's gonna if he's gonna hurt somebody he usually does it with elbows inside he's got really mean elbows inside when he when he comes across he hit, hit perry with a couple they didn't do anything to perry but tim means you know as a volume fighter and he put a ton of volume on mike perry especially in the second and third rounds and Perry was, I thought Perry was tired after the first. And man, he was, he was hanging tough even through that third. And I, I love the fact, like you say, end of the third, I'm losing. I got to go. And he, he goes for it. He went for everything he had in trying to get rid of Tim Means. 
and it made it for a great fight. We had talked. We said, what, what fight are you looking forward to the most? Yeah. I said, both of us, Tim Means versus Mike Perry. Why? Because it was exactly what we thought it would be. Yeah. It was that kind of fight, and that that's fun. That makes, you know, you love the sport. Yeah, those are the fights that, you know, like that make us want to continue to watch and watch those yep. guys fight. Um, she, Valentina Shevchenko, Jennifer Maya. I got to tell you, how many people that, that bet fucking $1,800 or $1,600 on fucking Valentina were sweating after the second round? <laughs> Puckering, dude. They were puckering. They were like a puppy trying to poop out a peach pit. They're like, oh, shit. All that to win 100 like, bucks. Oh. You had to bet 1600 to win 100 true. Just crazy. Um, yeah, I, I would have been, I, I mean, I would have been, I would have been stressing the fuck out. I almost put a hundred bucks on, on Maya just cause I'm like, yeah, hey, a hundred bucks. When's you, you know, I'm like, let's give it a go. But I did. You did. Yeah. That's one of those. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. 800. I think it was 800 bucks when I yeah, put it. Yeah. I was like, screw it. It is that free money. Um, didn't even mind losing it either. That's the, you know, when in that situation, I go, yeah, here's, here's my thing. But why, why is Valentina? To, why is she taking her down? I know she's good. I know she's she's evolved her her jujitsu game or grappling game, but but why? Like you're better on the feet. I mean, what I thought maybe okay. Look, let's not do it in the first round where we're still dry. Maybe I'll take you down mm -hmm. in the second. You know, I'll fill you out in the first. Take you out in the second. Get you get your arms a little more tired, and then three, four, and five just fuck you up. It was like she took her down early, dry, and I was it just didn't make sense to me. Like there's chance for you to be caught there. I mean, nothing really happened in the first round. It was, you know, it was just uh, Valentina keeping her head down, trying to throw one or two big elbows and, you know, then moving on. Whereas Maya wasn't really opening up and attacking because she didn't want her to get past. I mean, I understood that both of them were still filling each other out in that direction. But if I was Maya in that in that first round and knowing that you're dry, I'm trying to get something. I'm trying to get to something, whether it's a sweep or whether it's a submission, you know, something. Or I'm even just trying to show you that I can get up from the bottom on you and then I'll have to take you down. She had a one moment there where she... In the fourth, I think she hit to she got she got taken down. She put Valentina into butterfly gar, kicked her back, pressed her to the fence, and then took her down. I was like, Yeah, oh snap, son. Like it was good. You know, I was like, that's that's good. In the fourth, it was in the third or the fourth round. I think it was the fourth. Good stuff. I mean, I gotta out of everybody that impressed me on this card, she was the one that impressed me the most. Dave, uh, Jennifer Maya. Ben. Ben. I didn't I didn't think that she was. I didn't. I thought like everybody else thought. I was like two rounds gone. She gonna get starched. She's out of here. I mean, like I, I didn't think she was gonna. I, I didn't think. I think she'd get out of the second round. Just personally. She's yeah, gonna, I thought. In, I thought in the stand up she would have actually a little bit of problems just based on speed. I and not. I think Jennifer is a well, well trained, technical stand up fighter, but doesn't have the speed that I thought. Uh, Chevchenko yeah. possesses, but if there's people going on in the future, there's some things that you can uh, learn from what was taking place in that fight. Chevchenko showed a couple of tells. There's a couple of things that she repeats over and over, and I think Jennifer Meyer was catching her a couple of times based upon it. So I don't know if she saw it in watching tape beforehand or if it was just during the fight. You know, it was something that she or her coach picked up on and stuff but you know she tends to loop her head out she comes in throws and then circles out you know to her right based mm -hmm. on her backside and uh jennifer was landing a left hook over the top she came in with an uppercut one time that touched you know she did a good job yeah you know she just just not quite the athlete and i think the physical strength 
was the difference in the fight. I think when Valentina grabbed a hold of Maya, she was in control of her. She was in control of the body, except when in the second round, when Maya, you know, had position on top, uh, Valentina was able to control for the most part. But that was expected. But, you know, you give Jennifer Maya credit. You know, she went out there to, she went out there to win. She gave it everything she had. She took some big shots. She kept fighting back mm-hmm. with her performance. She, in my, you know, my opinion, as far as, yeah, that was a, you know, that was someone that had a chance at it and gave everything that she could give in trying to win that title. So hats off to her. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought she, uh, I thought she fought good. I thought Jennifer and I fought a good fight. She, I felt like she was the stronger person. Until like the late, you thought Maya was yeah because the way she was yeah. keeping Valentina pressed against the fence, the control, the head position. She See, that was to like, me that's technical. That's yeah, technique. It's, it's technique. We still technique. need to have a little bit of strength to keep her there. I mean, like come <laughs> on, like no one's no one's really been able to do that to Valentina. I mean, Amanda Nunes didn't do that to her. You know, I mean, like it just not that like not she pressed she had to press against the fence for almost the whole what third round like not the whole third round but like a big portion of the third round i was like wow this fight's getting close and then and then she finally was able to to run away with it but um anyways i i was impressed with uh jennifer my her like i i have to agree with rogan a little bit her stock went way up her stock yeah. increased a lot during that fight i mean then I, I i don't know who would be next but if you put maya against any of the other ones like cynthia cavillo or anything like i think she just she walks right through them you know, I didn't see what I needed to see out of Cynthia Cavill, and I, and I like her as a fighter. I just didn't see anything I, that out of her that made me think that she deserves to be up in that top top group of girls. So, um, all right, let's go Figueroa and Perez. Just, it went exactly, you know, I, I had picked Figueroa to win. I was surprised, man. Uh, Fred Okamoto was sitting there with uh, uh, Gilbert. Gilbert talking and he says, I'm picking uh, Alex Perez. And I like Alex Perez and I've seen him fight a lot. I just didn't see where he was actually better and stronger. Didn't have the power. I was like, I just, I just don't see it. I thought Figueroa would, would end up winning that fight. I didn't think he'd win it in two minutes. Yeah. Didn't think that was going to happen, but yeah, he's a beast at 125. He's super strong. He's aggressive. He hits hard. He's got a really good submission game. He's got the full package, you know, and, you know, DJ, you know, as great as I have always thought he was and everything, there were some limits to, you know, what he did. And he didn't have a lot of power. He he obviously he knocked Joe Benavides out in a fight that I did, but Joe was coming at him hard and that creates yeah. that extra energy. Pegarito doesn't need that. He has got pop for a smaller sized individual he's got power and so you you watch him hit guys and you see that look in their face like damn that that hurt and he and he's he's aggressive yeah i love that about him and he's got that mean streak he goes after it so i you know i honestly i love the fact that he's coming back 21 days later we just talked about a little bit before you know i look forward to watching him I think Brandon Marino is tough as nails you know i first saw him when he was in the ultimate fighter when they did the the flyweight thing, whoever won it was going to fight DJ, you know, and, and when I first walked in there, they were all saying, oh, no, this guy, you know, he's not, he put on a tough fight. He went against, uh, God, who was it? I want to say Pantoja in the, in the ultimate fighter, but mm-hmm. they were saying he was going to get smoked and look at, he was giving him fits. I know he lost it. 
I think in the oh, second round, which is the two-round fight. He lost to Formiga. No, no, no. Oh, no. you're this talking about This is when he was in the Ultimate Fighter. Gotcha, I want to say it was Pantoja. He but, fought Pantoja again later. Yes, he did. He lost okay. to him again. I think that, I think that's one of his other losses. No, his he other lost. loss was to Formiga. He lost to uh, he beat uh, Pantoja. At, he beat Pantoja uh, at, at Holloway, he lost Holloway versus Edgar. He beat him. I know he lost to Sergio Moran, uh, Sergio Pettis. I did that fight. Uh, you know, put up a tough fight. It was a good fight back and forth. But he's good. I just don't think he has the the full ability to get past what Figueredo does. Oh, okay. So that's what I, I was confused. You're talking about Perez. Yeah. No, okay, no, no, okay, no, no, okay. No, no. I was talking about Brendan like, Marino. Okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. We're, we're going to be fighting. Yeah, I know. We were looking. I was looking at the the uh, uh, the uh fights for Figueredo, and he, he, had, uh, he had lost to Formiga. But he had beat, yeah. yeah. He had also, but he'd also beat uh, Pantoja, so that's why I was looking at that. Uh, Perez, screw down. Not, not Perez. Perez. Not Go, Perez. I was talking about uh, Moreno. You have to listen to John, okay? <laughs> I jump all over. It's okay, but you well, gotta listen Moreno, to you got to figure. You know, Moreno it's one, it's was one, on. It's one thing to be here, but you got to actually listen to what he's saying so you can pull it up. <laughs> I'm gonna ride you today, buddy. Okay, you ain't getting a free pass because fucking your Dave's friend. <laughs> this is the only way Josh will be able to hang with me. He doesn't have uh, this crap in his head like I do. No, no, <laughs> I don't. I've been hit a lot. <laughs> no, pull up Moreno. Yes. Moreno. Moreno's on like a four or five, I think four fight win streak now. His last. Uh, Moreno. Brandon Moreno. My God. I'm gonna I'm gonna beat him after this. I want to say his last loss was to Pantoja, I think. Who Figueroa had beaten? Yep, his last loss was, and then his, he had a loss right before that to Pettis. He had a draw yeah. with Askarov. Oh uh, yeah, Askar Askarov. Draw split with Askar 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 Askarov. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he beat Kai Car France. He beat yep. uh, then he beat Formigo, Formiga. And then he, he beat uh, Brandon Royval. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, it should be for a fun fight. Should be a fun. It fight. Should be. He's tough, dude. He, you know, this, this is when you get into. It was kind of like when it was Brandon Royval and Brandon Moreno. It's like you bring two tough Hispanic fighters together. Yeah. You know, they they bring it. And if there's one thing I'll say about Brandon Moreno, that kid brings it. He comes to fight. There is no quit in him. So. When he fought Pettis, I thought he fought, you know, tough as hell in his, you know, in Mexico is where the fight was at. It was the main event of the fight of the card and stuff. He fought his ass off for five rounds against him. So didn't get, didn't get the win, but he could fight with anybody. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, look, um, look, before we roll into Bellator's uh, recap on that as well, we're going to go to uh, my book. Oh, one doc. thing I want to talk about before. What's that? I'm sorry. I was gonna mybookie.ag. Use the promo go, code. Use the promo code Wayne in, and that will double your first initial deposit. They will not double it. Oh, they won't. Not when, anymore. When? That 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 oh. is gone. Now it's fifty. So if you put in a hundred, you get a hundred and fifty. Oh, okay. So it's fifty. This, Man, I yeah, like the double. Fifty percent. We're gonna have to have a time. I, with them. Of course, you like the double one because you kept on wanting to double your money. Yeah, that's right. Who wouldn't want to? Because <laughs> you know you're losing. Um. <laughs> All right, well let's talk let's talk let's talk about the uh the Bellator card. What do you think? 
Oh man, I thought you know some of the fights were just outstanding. There was a uh, well, let's go. To the, you know the main event was the fight to get into the Grand Prix finals between AJ McKee and Darian Caldwell. A mm-hmm. uh, lot of stuff going on, you know, between those two, and you know, and we talked about you know who we thought would win and stuff like that. But AJ McKee has gone out. He knocked out Carhanian. He submitted. Compost, and now he just submitted Caldwell. You can't ask for anything more, man. No, because no. all are good, tough opponents, and he's just making everybody look like they don't belong with him. Yeah, I mean, I want I want people to understand too. Like the fight that people are going to probably criticize him for was the Campos fight. He fought yep. crazy, he fought sloppy, but he also tore his knee out. Yeah, he tore his knee. knee. Yeah, so he tore his knee in that fight, and he ended up getting the submission late in the third round, I think. Or in the in the, in the yep. late in the third round, and with um, a beautiful submission, with a beautiful transition right to the uh, reverse triangle slash armbar, you know, and uh, it was it was nicely done. And for someone that has a torn knee, that shit hurts, you know. And the fact <laughs> that he slid it in so fast, he clocked it in quick. It was a quick tap as well. Great job, man. I mean, like, so look, the AJ McKee and Darian Caldwell fight. It just was one of those positions that you really, as a shorter guy, would probably wouldn't be able to hit. A longer guy has the leverage to be able to body lock, keep your hips down, and then reach inside and thread the needle through and then push and crank and to create the leverage to do that. AJ McKee knows his body. AJ McKee knows what submissions work for him. And maybe they're not the most, uh, I mean, I, this is a technical submission, but it's not something you would normally see. I don't know if it's ever been done in MMA, has it? Like in terms of high-level competition? High-level? No, I've seen it one time, the 100%. Yeah, we call it a hundred percent crank is what it was. Now they're now they're calling it the uh the, I think Luke Thomas called it the Machiotine. There's no guillotine <laughs> there. God damn his neck is not in the his, it's, There's nothing as far as a choke involved in it. That's so you know funny. when 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 we were, you know, we were there commentating it and you were actually talking about, you know, that Darion was using a lot of energy in trying to hold a position. And when I saw AJ, you know, Go to the figure four, and then when he figure forward his arms off of that hundred percent, I was trying. I was pointing like ah, he's got something that, that neck's getting cranked, and, and I was talking, he was tapping, and I, I, know, was, and I was just yapping away. I was like, I know, oh, I he'll did. be fine. Did, he'll be I fine. I didn't want to step on you. You should have <laughs> stepped on me. <laughs> uh, but you don't know he's going to tap either. Yeah. So, and and I honestly, I didn't think he was going to tap it, but I knew that he was getting cranked. But you know, it's, hey, this is the part of AJ McKee that people. He's dangerous everywhere. We talked about it, Josh. Yeah. He is his he's got power. At 145 pounds, he's got power in his hands. He's got good knees. He's knocked people out with his kicks. He's got a great high kick. So he's got a good striking game. He's fast. He's long. He keeps the length well. He understands distance. Take a look at his grappling. His wrestling has always been good. He's been, always been able to put people on their back when he wants. Now, he got taken down by Caldwell, and he kind of expected it. He said, yeah, he'll take me down. He goes, what's he going to do with me when he takes me down? And he does have a good submission game. He is he has submitted some really good people. I, I remember when uh, Daniel Crawford, who was, I think I want to say when he fought him, he was either 10-1 and one or 10-2 and two when he fought AJ. You know, and, and a guy that prided himself on a good submission game. He says, you watch, I'm going to submit him. I said, you're going to submit AJ. I'm going to submit him. I guarantee it. (laughs) 
And he put it out, you know, he put it out there, you know, it wasn't me that said it, you know, Crawford said, you watch, he goes, you're going to sleep. And AJ then said, oh, okay. And purposely went for a submission just to prove that, oh, you're not, you're not even in my league. Yeah. And, you know, he did it and he is, he's, he's the full package. The one, that, and I've always said it, the one person that can stop AJ McKee in my mind is AJ McKee. Yeah. You know, he can get himself in that position where he's not, you know, doing the right things. But it seems to me as he gets older, and he's only 25, but as he gets older, he's, he's, he's getting it. He's understanding exactly where, what he wants. He's seeing all of these targets that he wants to, you know, acquire and he's doing the right things to get there. Yeah. We had talked to him this week, that week, and then um, I had said several times at 25 years old, it's one thing to say who you are and, and talk about how you've matured, but it's another thing to actually prove it and show it. He carried himself like a gentleman all week. He carried himself in a different way that I have, have yet to see him. There was not a lot of flash this week. Normally, he's walking around in a suit with a, a shirt but unbuttoned all the way down to his belly button, <laughs> you know, a gold medallion. Like he's got, like, you know, he's well, got he had his, the gold medallion. He had yeah. that big old M with a key. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> but like, you know, he normally has like this flash about it. This week it was like sweats and a shirt and a sweater. And he just, he seemed very focused. He did his camp at Big Bear, you know, um, all the guys that, that, uh, you know, and, and, uh, Joey Davis was there out there with him as well and Baby Slice. And, and uh, I just feel like, Maybe he's right. Maybe he did. Maybe he did mature over the time. Like, hey, this is really what I'm going to do. It's one thing to, like, beat up on all the guys that you know you're, I guess, physically gifted over. Like, he is so talented, yeah. you know? And I feel like we haven't even seen what he can do yet, you know? Like, there's a lot of things that he can do. I, I mean, I don't want to compare him to John Jones, but he has a little bit of that John Jones feel to him right now. Come you know, on, he does. He does let's, things. Let's be honest. Yeah, he does. He does things. He, like he's not as quite as flashy as John was. Like John would do the spitting elbows and the, you know, like he kind of John kind of would do things that were a little different. But AJ's been doing a lot of different stuff as well. But he, it's just I I see that I see that little bit of that. I'm 25. I I, I can do it all. And I mean, and I, until, until someone proves him wrong, I mean, I'm gonna kind of I'm kind of on the bandwagon, you know. Um. But Patricio comes out and says, you know, Emmanuel Sanchez will be my toughest fight. AJ Pinky's a walk in the park. Yeah, well, that, that, that's I, nice to say. Yeah. He's already fought Emmanuel once. Yeah, and it was it was a tough fight for him. You know, and yeah. Emmanuel's gotten a little bit better since then. That's right. But so is Pitbull. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, excuse me. So that, this this whole thing, I mean, I, all this traveling the last. That's an Austin Young. <laughs> yeah, that's an Austin Young. No, it, it really just comes down to, AJ's undefeated. I don't think any of them have really been close. Um, the fight with uh, the fight with Pat Curran wasn't close. It wasn't one of his best performances, but that was like a huge step nah. up in one. That was a huge step up in his in his talent level, and he didn't I didn't really know what to expect expect from Pat because Pat hadn't really fought in a while, you know, uh, or he had just fought, but then he hadn't fought and hadn't fought in a while. But it was a it was a he wasn't the same Pat. So he no, but he dominated the fight. Yeah, he dominated the fight, but he just it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same Pat. He was he didn't know what to expect from Pat. Also, too, was the first round of the uh the tournament. And so he was kind of That wasn't the first round of the tournament. I thought, I thought that was his first guy in the tournament, wasn't it? No. Was that, that was before? before the tournament. Okay, so it was before the tournament. 
But it was one of those fights where he just, I think he was, it was, it was, a ner- it was nervous for, he was nervous about the whole thing. You know, you're fighting someone who's a former champion who, who knows got power in his hands. He's kind of a technician, someone that just kind of, there's not a lot you're going to get through. If you make a mistake, you can capitalize. And uh, I think he fought a smart, safe fight. And then he went out there. First round of the tournament was Georgie, correct? Eight seconds. Yeah, so eight seconds. Went out there, hit him with a shot, dropped him, knocked him out. That was crazy and impressive for the first round of the tournament. And then he fought Derek Campos. Derek Campos was, he went out there, thought he could just, oh, this guy's, you know, older, he's tough, sure, but I'm going to break him. You're not going to break Derek Campos. (laughs) No, there's certain guys you don't. There's just certain guys you can't break. You know, and Derek was bringing it to him, man. I mean, Derek picked him. I know. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) You could have picked anybody (laughs) else, buddy. Like, you could have picked someone else. Anyways, Derek picked him. And, uh, you know, he said he was going to scramble his eggs. It didn't work out that way, but it was still one of those fights that in my mind, I'm like, wow, this this fight could have went anyway because, because AJ had torn his knee. And just it wasn't you could tell this he wasn't the same fighter going in the second round and then going into the third he wasn't the same fighter he was able to sne- slide in that submission but it was it was getting interesting in that fight but then he went out there and just proved you know why he is one of the best man he went out there and subbed Darian real quick I mean real quick I thought he looked dominant you know he looked calm composed all week he looked calm and composed so he looked good I thought um, I don't know. I think Sanchez to me, Sanchez to me is not a threat to him. Maybe I that's bad. the fight. You know, he's he McKee has wanted that Sanchez fight yeah. multiple times, you know, and they had it signed and then it you know, fell yeah. apart. And then when it came to the fighters being able to pick, you know, Sanchez had the opportunity yeah. to pick McKee and McKee standing up there saying, do it, do it. Yeah. And he didn't. He ended up going with Vichel which changed that up and that's fine. But, uh, you know, it's a, that's a fight that McKee has wanted. So, and the, the, the best thing you're hearing out of McKee now is he doesn't care. He goes, I don't care if it's Sanchez and I don't care if it's Pitbull. Cause eventually I'll fight both of them. Yeah. He goes, but I, I, I just want that million dollars. I want that title. I want the, I want the title for the, the featherweight grand prix and I want the belt. So and then he wants they'll to all to, be there. And he wants to go to 55. He's a big body yeah. frame. I mean, what is he? 5'10", 5'11", you know, and he's a big body frame. I'll, I think Sanchez has gotten a lot better uh, since the last since the last time he fought Pitbull. But I think he he's just not that big and he doesn't he doesn't hit extremely hard. He's got a lot of pressure. He puts his combinations together really well. But AJ going to touch him. You know, oh, yeah. so I know he can take Daniel Weissel shots, but can you take AJ McKee shots? There's a difference. Yeah, there's a difference. And so we're going to see, I mean, how much damage is he going to take in the pit bull fight? That's the other thing. Because AJ McKee's made it look easy this whole way through. You Oof. know, and so is Pitbull. Whereas Emmanuel Sanchez has been a, a couple little fights. You know, especially. Well, let's, let, let's, let's just be honest. You know, Sanchez's opening round was against Ty, Taiwan Classic. He. That one went to the second round. Yeah. Okay. So then he gets Vichel. That one goes five rounds. Yeah. Okay. Pitbull had one Archuleta. That went five rounds. Yeah. Then he gets Pedro, and that one ends in the first. Mm-hmm. Again, go back to AJ. First round, eight seconds. Went to the third round. First round. Mm-hmm. Right now, no one has no one has won all of their their fights by either submission, knockout, whatever yeah. you're going to say, other than AJ. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I just think I think the experience of Pitbull may come through. Oh, on that there's fight. there's a lot of ways there's to no, look at it. Like, Pit, you know, if you look at Pitbull in that fight, he has everybody that they've ever put in front of him. Because you go back and you know he lost to Pat Curran. Well, first he lost to Joe Warren, you know, and that was at a time when you know Joe Warren out wrestled him. Pitbull didn't understand it so much, and he never got it back. Yeah, they never they never fought again. If they had fought again, you know what was going to happen. Yeah. So then he he fought Pat Curran, lost to lost to Pat Curran in a championship fight that was a decision. It was a split decision, and then he comes back and he beats Pat Curran. He loses to Daniel Strauss and beats Daniel Strauss how many times? Yeah. Because they've, they've rematched like four times. Well, he beat, he's, he beat he's Daniel. Like one. He beat Daniel. Then he lost to Daniel. And then he beat Daniel again. I think he did. Oh, I think he beat him twice. Two more times. I don't see the one. Maybe up higher. Yeah, I up think higher. so. I think they fought four oh, times. Oh, yeah. So they did fight four times. Yeah. So he, he beat him. He beat him, beat him, lost, and then beat him. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, everyone has put a loss on his record for the most part. He's come, He's been able to come back except for that Warren fight. Ben Benson Henderson. That was a ben, broken and, leg. And, and, and we talk about that one, and that was, you know, Benson was losing mm-hmm. that fight, and Pitbull broke his leg. And yeah. finally, just said, "Hey, I got to stop." Uh, and so, if you put them back together, who's going to win? I would, I would probably, lean, I would probably lean towards. You no, know you're going to go with Pitbull. Yeah, probably, because he was winning yeah. that first fight, and he's gotten yes, a lot better since then. Yes, he has. And Ben is good, and Ben is yes. like Ben's a technician. A- just the speed factor was the biggest thing in that fight, and the, and the power I give it to to, to Patricio as well. Powers. Power goes to Patricio, even though he's the 145 pound guy, he hits harder. Yeah, he he's does. just got that power. Yeah. And again, you can you can take power and say, well, can you build it a little bit? Yes, but you either have it or you don't. You know, and that's that's a that's a God given gift thing. You know, some guys naturally have power. Some guys don't, and it's okay. But talking about Benson Henderson, you know, he had that fight against Jason Jackson, and both of us looked at that and said, I just don't see that as a good fight for Benson. Jason's too long, can control it, you know, in the stand-up too much, has good defensive wrestling, you know, uh, and Benson ended up losing that fight by decision. Jason Jackson looks good, man. Yeah, he's he's on a different level right now, I think, than a lot of guys. I mean, I really would like to see him in the Amosov fight, but I, yep. I think I think Amosov's going to get the next title shot against Douglas Lima, which makes sense. You're 27-0, sure. 26-0? 20, no. I think he's twenty. Amosov is twenty-seven and zero. I, I want to say twenty. Twenty-five and zero. Twenty-five. The twenty-six. Okay. I think he's twenty-six now after the Storley fight. I think he's twenty-six. He and might 0. be twenty-six and zero. Okay. I mean, it's kind of like the the Juliana Velasquez thing. You can't keep telling them that you're gonna get the next shot, and then like, yeah, you don't get it. Like you're undefeated. Like it's time. Let's just get it going. Well, you, you like you know when you say you know winning solves everything. Yeah. There comes that point when you're winning, winning, winning. What are you gonna say to me next? Yeah. Yeah. You got to put him in that fight. You got to put him in the fight. And I think it makes for a fun fight. Amazov gets, I don't know what it is, but he is good. He's talented. He scrambles very well. But he tends, looks like he tends to get tired around the third round. And Douglas Lima has proven he's not going to get tired anymore. He's just going to go out there and keep fighting. He fights a smart fight. He's got big power, big pop. That's going to be a fun fight. The Jason Jackson fight, I mean, outside of that, Jason Jackson should be what? Pull up Jason Jackson's record. Jason Jackson should. What should he be? Yeah, he should be like what eight and 
His last nine, eight or nine fights, he should be on like an eight or eight or nine fight win streak, right? If you look he at the should be. He broke his ankle in the Dana White uh, contender series thing. Uh, you know, he goes in there, so that that was a loss. You know, and then uh, he his fight against Ed Ruth. Mm-hmm. I think he won the fight. So really, you know, all of those, if you if you put it, he should be on a pretty long win streak. Yeah. You know, he's been fighting really well. Jordan Larson, he beat uh, Scott Futrell, and then Hermison DeJesus, DeSouza, and then you've got uh, Kunamoto. He lost to Ed between that that uh, DeSouza fight, and then Jordan Mean, he beat, and then Benson Henderson. So six, uh, he should be a seven-fight win streak, you know, and then he was in the Dana White Contender Series where he broke his ankle. So Kyle, that was against Kyle Stewart. Look, he's good, and he. I feel like he's elevated his game. I saw him afterwards after the fight. I talked to him a little bit, and I was like, I was very impressed with the fact that his jiu-jitsu's gotten a lot better, you know, and uh, the guys he's trained with have helped him a lot with his wrestling. And I, I've told people, go back and look at, there's a YouTube video running around on, on YouTube of him sparring with Luke Rockhold, who's a 185-pounder and who's fought at 205. And he had some great performances or great sparring sessions with him as well, and the two of them are exchanging blows. And I would I would call it like a 50-50, you know, sparring show. They they oh, went after this, each other. And he had the same thing with uh, Rashad Evans. Yeah, I mean, they're getting, and they're, there's tape of him and Rashad sparring. They're going after it. And you go, hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, and Rashad being the former champion, not only that, but then fighting also at 205, 185 as well. It's like, I don't know. Just it's, he's good. He's good. And the fact that he's gotten better at wrestling than jiu-jitsu makes me feel a lot better about it all. You know, like I'm, I think it's, he's ready for for those other guys. Yeah, he's improving. Um, Joey Davis uh, has proven that he is ready for the next level. I don't know how else to say it. You know, I think he just need he's ready for that next level. I, I, I don't, I don't even. He's that damn good. I, he would look. He made it look easy. Dominate everything. He's so calm, so composed. He reminds me a lot of Gegard Mousasi, where just not much. He does. Thank not you. much expression. Not yeah. much of anything. Just like whatever. Go out there and do my thing. I mean, the guy hit him in the back of the head. He's like, "Come on, man!" And the whole <laughs> he did. He everybody did. in everybody in the stadium just started, started laughing. Everyone in the arena started laughing. They're like, yeah. "Oh God!" Because he just he's like talking like he doesn't talk to them, but he, his opponents. But he lets them know, like, "Man, you're cheating!" Like you know, like, "Come on, man!" Like it's <laughs> it's just it that lets you know that like not much bothers him. But like, let's make this fair. You know, I mean, kid's got such good credentials. He's got, he comes from a good family. He just grew up in a, in a really shitty neighborhood and area, but he is someone that seems like he's got his shit together when it comes to him. I, I, yeah, you're going, yeah. it's hard to get your shit together when you, you know, you're, you're in a gym full of other athletes and stuff. It's, there's a lot of egos going on, you know, yeah. and you're going to have your ups and downs in that, in that department because, but here's the thing. He's not confused on what he wants to do. He's, he knows he wants to be the best. He knows he, he knows how to get there too. He knows he knows how to be a winner. I mean, he hasn't lost in wrestling or in MMA. Like he knows how to be a winner. You know, um, he knows what all the things that it takes. He's very humble. He's very gosh, man. I, I just I love you know when you walk into a room and you listen and you just you you're around someone and it, they don't even have to say much, but they just exude confidence. They exude like that. That person that you you just know you want to be around them. He has it. He has that factor, you know. Like DC has it, but DC talks so much that it you know it just it <laughs> exactly becomes, you know. Yeah. Other guys that I've been around have had it before, but like they just he has it, like you know. And it's just he does it more obviously a lot quieter than DC does. 
but they just you yeah. want to be around them and, he, and i enjoy the interviews that i did with him i enjoy talking with him in the fighter interviews i enjoy interviewing him for his fights and i love watching him fight so good so talented and uh I, he's ready. I, I we were trying to we were scrambling our heads together to try to see who could be next in that upper echelon of guys. And I mean, I th- we came up with a couple guys, but I'm interested to see who they put him against next. Yeah, me too. Because I I will tell you this, Joey is. You know, I've known Joey for a very long time. You know, when he was in youth wrestling, and he's always been. You know, his dad is just a phenomenal man who. It's there all the time. I and, yeah. you know, when we talk, which I, this is the first time I was like, "Hey, uh, is your dad going to be there?" And he goes, "Oh, absolutely." He was in his corner. He made him a corner man because his dad normally is not in his corner, but is is there watching everything that Joey does. His dad is there for, him. and his dad lives through Joey, but lives for Joey, mm-hmm. and Joey uh, reaps the benefits of everything that his dad has done. But you know, there's other parts of his life that aren't perfect. And he's got some, you know, issues. I talked to, you know, uh, people about it. And, you know, Joey's, Joey's going to have to figure out he can't control everything. You can control things in the cage. You can control things when you're fighting. You can't control everything in life. And he, right now he's got a lot going on, but he is doing things as far as community-wise. He's big with the community where he came from, big with kids about, hey, you can control your own destiny. Everything that Joey does, I love him. And I hope he gets through uh, some of the hard times and some of the stuff he's dealing with. Because everybody, I don't care who you are, we all have problems. We all have things that we have to deal with. And Joey's going to have to figure out you know, what he's doing. But as a fighter right now, man, he is good. His wrestling is so smooth now because he can use his hands to get to the wrestling when he wants because you know, the guy that he fought, Bobby Lee, is a good fighter. He's a tough dude. Mm-hmm. I've watched him before, and he's super strong. And the funniest part of the whole thing is afterwards, Bobby Lee looks at his corner and he goes, yep, he was just as strong as I thought he would be <laughs> in reverse <laughs> because it's the technique of Joey Davis yeah. that makes him strong. And so you know, Joey is Joey's on his way. It's just a matter of what, you know, who they give him and stuff, but People are going to be uh, having to figure out Joey Davis for years to come as far as his abilities. Yeah, I mean, he's got a spinning back kick knockout. He's got he's got several ground body kicks. His body kicks. He's he's got some flashy stuff, but he's also very technically sound. And like mm-hmm. I said, he knows how to win. And that's when you when someone knows how to win, they've all they've been doing their whole life is winning because of the work they put in. It's going to be hard to break that type of stuff. It's hard, hard to teach them how to lose, man. Yeah, you know, and like you know, if you're that fighter inside, it's you, yeah. you got to teach him. You got to teach him. Oh, you're going to get beat. He doesn't believe it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't believe he's going to get beat either for a while. <laughs> um, so Rafael Stas, to me, I, I'm glad that fight got bumped up to the TV. It was a great fight, absolutely great fight. Very technically sound on both guys. Keith Lee, I think, was just a step behind on some of the things in the transitions. But I thought Rafael Stotts mixed it up. Like we had talked about the difference between Sean Bunch and Rafael Stotts when they when they fought Keith Lee was Sean Bunch doesn't put the two things together. He punches or he wrestles. He doesn't wrestle and punch together very well. And um and as if if Sean Bunch doesn't get the takedown, it becomes it becomes an issue. It becomes like, okay, I didn't get it. Okay, now it's like more stress on him. Rafael Stotts 
that never bothered him. He's like, okay, look, I'm on the feet. I'll touch you, touch you, touch you. And the takedown will present itself. And that's exactly what he did. He made it extremely easy for him to get those takedowns and then uh, control the position. And once that started happening, it was harder and harder for Keith Lee to stop the takedowns. It was harder and harder for him to get up. I thought Rafian's thoughts looked phenomenal. I'm excited to see where they go with this fight because, you know, you have the two of them out of the same camp. You've got Pettis and you got him. I know. You know, and it's kind of a race. <laughs> it's kind of that race for that Juan Archuleta fight. So here's the thing. Pettis is next. If he wins, I mean, where's thoughts go? You know, I mean, there is buzz, though, that there will be. There's They're, they're talking about doing 135-pound uh, World Grand Prix, which yep. would be awesome because we just signed a ton of tough guys. Uh, yep. Magomed Magomedov is going to be in that tournament as well. He's the former. Matos. A. Who else? Math, Matthias Matos from uh, Brazil. He's out of the Pitbull Brothers gym. Okay. He, um, he fought against Peter Jan. He lost to Peter Jan. He's like 12 and 2. Yeah. Or some, maybe 12 and 1. But Magomed Magomedov is someone who's beat Peter Jan. Yep. You know, and that's actually his only loss, correct? Yep. Yep. He's and one then, and one against and Peter Young. Higo will probably be in that as well at 135. Uh, I don't know if he'll one. make that cut, but, and then I'm sure Darian Caldwell will go back down for another chance at a million dollars. He'd be foolish not to. Hey, he would. didn't work out for you. I got to the semifinals and then 145. Let me go to 35 and see what's going on. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's one way to stay active and make as much money as you possibly can. There's a lot of talent there. I thought, I thought in the Rafion Stutz fight, first off, I want to give, uh, Keith Lee, a shout out, dude. You you fought as 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 hard as you could. He made I think that Rafion Stotts made Lee fight harder than he uh, could keep up with as far as the energy and and it started to sap him a little bit because of the pressure and exactly what you're saying when because Keith Lee had fought Sean Bunch and he only had to deal with one element at a time. Yeah, and that made him more comfortable in the fight. And I think in this one he had to deal with multiple elements. And it made him have to work harder, and you could see that he was working hard in the fight. I, you know, I look at a guy, and I always say, you know, as the fighter, you only have you know a couple of rules. You know, one is hey, be on time. Two, make weight, and three is fight hard, fight to the best of your ability. Keith Lee did. He fought his ass off. He was going against someone that he was trying to get rid of the whole time. He was just always that you know I, I say a half step behind in that fight, but really fought his ass off. Yeah, I thought he. Looked, I thought he looked good. It's just that Stotts just made better. it. He just put better. he put in the two point. things together better in that in that situation. So, um, Jeremy Kennedy looked good against uh, Bassett. I thought he looked dominant. The first yeah. round was the first round was uh it was decent, you know, but for about two and a half minutes, and then Kennedy was able to get a hold of it and continue on. But it, I thought it was a good fight, man. And then uh, the fight that I was the most impressed with, and John, you brought it up to me, was Jalil Willis. That guy's Oof. fucking good. Not only is he good, he wants to. He can bounce from fifty to fifty-five to seventy, and he. I mean, he looked. I don't real, think he should. I don't think he should either. But I'm saying, like, he looked good. I don't know if is he the same fighter at fifty-five because I haven't seen him fight at fifty-five. Is he the same fighter at fifty-five? Is he better at fifty-five? Because he looked damn good at seventy. I mean, <laughs> he was touching Leminger. Leminger had nowhere to go. Just he was beating. He was winning him in the exchanges. He was able to out-wrestle him. He was stuffing all those takedowns. I was like, he's looked good. He looked phenomenal. He's a super yeah, nice he, guy. He is very, and he's very good with, uh, and now his stand-up, you know, he switches back and forth. He's got good footwork. He gets himself in with his feet and moves himself back. He doesn't just lean. You know, he's doing everything right. It's, uh, 
he's going to be a fun fighter to watch. He is good. He's athletic. He's got very good wrestling, good defensive wrestling. He can take you down when he wants. He's the full package. He's going to be fun to watch. You know, I, I don't know if I, I think he should go to 155. I know he had that first fight that he was scheduled to fight Pitbull at. And I told you, I said, hey, look out, man. He's yeah. going to. He's going to give Pitbull a problem. I'm not saying that Pitbull can't, you know, hit him and, and hurt him because he's got that kind of power, but he's going to have a guy that's in his face tagging him a lot. Yeah. You know, and he's got that ability. I'm not sure, you know, now that he's come in and fought at 170, if you're the matchmakers, you can sit there and say, I'm going to have you bounce back and forth. I don't know if that's good for him. I would rather see him stay at 170. I think he's, uh, he can definitely fight with anyone there. He's got a good big frame. So, yeah, he's a big guy. He, yeah. He's a big guy. I mean, but where do you go from there? With who do you, who would you have him fight next? He's not quite ready for the Jason Jackson. He's not ready for Amosov or Jason Jackson level. I mean, maybe nope. maybe maybe an Ed Ruth. You could put him against an Ed Ruth. You could put him against an uh, an Eric Silva. You could put yeah. him against uh, Eric Silva would be yeah, a fun fight. That would be a fun fight, a good fight for him. A guy that's yeah. got a lot of you know experience. Mm -hmm. yeah. Tough good dude fight. comes out fast. Yeah, good fight. That's a good fight. And then like, hey, like for I guess knowing though that if it doesn't work out for you at 170, you can always go to 55. Yeah. You know, you can you can do that. Like that's kind of the kind of what a lot of fighters do. Like, ah, you know, I'm not having success right now. If it's 70, maybe I'll go to 55. Or maybe like if you're going to 55, you can go the opposite way. Like Dos Anjos and Cowboy. They went up to 70 and Masvidal. You go up. Hey, you're the, you know, the tweeners. But I was impressed with him, and the other guy I was impressed with was J.J. Wilson. I mean, not much to look at, but it was like it was so quick, so fast. But that little switch step to the punch, beautiful. And then the follow-up was accurate right to the button. He didn't rush it. He did rush it, but he didn't rush it to the point where he was missing shots. You know, and he put him away. It was quick. What, eight seconds? <laughs> I think it was 20. Was it I think it was they moved a little bit then. I was trying to remember. I thought it was but, eight seconds. I mean, if you look at it, though, AJ, you talk about that follow-up. Mm -hmm. uh, that follow-up was uh, a broken jaw. Oh. He broke, he broke uh, Jabari's jaw. You can see it. You know, there was, when you see blood coming out of the mouth and it's real dark, it's usually an indication. It's not a good thing. So that was a, that was a very impressive performance for JJ because he's, you know, he's got the ground game. We know that. But Jabari was a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so it was going to be, oh, we'll see how you know he matches up here. Never got to it. Yeah. Never. So. But. Yeah. I mean, I thought he looked good. I thought he looked phenomenal, but it's hard to tell because it was so quick. But I like what he's yeah. doing. I like how he did the little switch step because that lets me know that he's working on some things for his feet. You know, because majority of the time he's mainly just a jiu-jitsu guy. He likes to try to get people to down, press them to the fence, yeah. take them down, dominate the position, get the submission. Um, but in this, like when I start seeing little tricks like that, that lets me know that he's been working on his stand up. He's trying to find little things that he, that work for him. And I love when young fighters are doing something that's just, Hey, this works for me and something different. It's not just the traditional, like stand in front of you and just hands up and try and outbox and out kickbox people because the veterans, as you get a little bit better, like when you get a little bit to that higher group of fighters, they've already seen all that. So when you have little tricks like that that can land something and maybe catch them off guard, you know, um, it 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 makes me feel like you're working on your craft enough to try and be explosive, do something different. And I like to see that out of the young guys. So um, Baby Slice didn't have a good night, just didn't pull the trigger. I don't know what and why, because he looked like he was in phenomenal shape. 
Normally hey, I wasn't tired. Normally the knock on him is that, you know, he goes super hard for one round and then he's gassed out and, you know, but I mean, realistically, look, I think there's a lot of, and just to be honest, he's living up to his dad's persona. I don't know if he wants to be a fighter, man. I don't think he That's does. That's what I said. I, he, I don't, I don't, he, he's a nice guy. His dad was a, he's a super his, nice his dad guy. Dad was an extremely nice guy. Uh, he's just, he's not, I don't know if he's a fighter and it's okay. It's okay yeah. that you're not a fighter. But you can't waste your life doing this. You can't waste your life giving us half-ass, you know, fights. And I just, he's good and I, like, he's got talent, but he just, in this fight, he didn't pull the trigger. Like, there was never a moment where he, and then once one takedown didn't work or two takedowns didn't work, he just abandoned them and he just, just stood abandoned there it. And That's just it. kept his hands up and that was it, man. That was all there was, you know, left to it. So, I don't know. I, I don't think he's a fighter. I think he should, I think he should stop. Just my personal opinion. Yeah. We've, we've talked about it and I, whatever he decides to do you know the the best to him and if it's continue fighting great but you've got to go back and look at that and say hey he didn't so much beat me yeah i gave it away i let i let it happen yeah. you know and you, you can't you know you can't score if you don't take the shot yeah you know you got to take the shot and you got to go and so uh there was also in invicta kayla harrison had her first fight at Feather weight. Did she make the weight? The weight? Did she make the weight? Crushed. <laughs> Kayla Harrison, when she gets on top, man, you are not getting away from her. I don't care who you are. On top, she 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 loves going to the crucifix position. And man, she you know, or she'll go to Kezakatami, trap the arm sometimes, you know, but she is a beast. If she gets on top of you, so it's nice to it, see her it, fight again. She she actually fought in PFL gear, kind of cracked me up. Invicta show have PFL gear on. Obviously, there was an agreement somewhere along course. the way there, but of course, it's a uh, it was a, a you know she's what I think it's like eight and zero now, seven and zero, eight and zero somewhere in there. Yeah, you know, she's good. Let me ask you this. Yeah, did she make the weight? She made one forty five. She made 145. BFL ain't gonna be all around much longer. Trader. Let's go. Let's go, Cyborg. <laughs> Let's go. Let's get that fight. I would love to see it because I think she'd give uh, Cyborg some problems if she gets her yeah, down. Yeah, I could agree. You know, I could agree with that. Down, man. That's yeah, the fight I, she's, to be made. She's not, gonna, she's not gonna do well in the stand-up against her, but man, she gets anybody down. I don't care who it is. She gets Amanda Nunez down. She will give them fits. They are not getting up from her, and she is going to damage them. Doesn't mean she get them out of the fight, but she's going to damage them. She yeah. is strong. She's got great base. She understands balance and positioning, and she's just getting better because you know she's you know, when she first fought. You know, there's a lot of holes. That, those holes are closing up. Yeah, I, I just want to see her fight Cyborg. That's all. I oh, I would about. love to see it. That's the only fight I want to see her fight it, until she until she comes over and fights Cyborg. I don't care. <laughs> just just me just i mean it's 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 just true it's like that that division at 145 and they're just making girls fight at 55 to fight her it's like it doesn't doesn't really even exist it's just her the and it's, it's kind of how a man news is right now in the ufc there's like two through two girls that can fight at one 145 now that cyborg is here in the you know in bellator we've got a couple girls of our own that are you know they sure there's there's just not a lot of girls that fight at 145 no. So what are we doing? Let's just cross promote them all. Let them fight each other. Give them some fights. And hey, the the best woman wins. 
I would love yeah. to see that. Like, you know, I would love to see it. Great stuff. Uh, I'm excited. I'm glad that she made the weight because that lets us know that she can be traded. <laughs> that's, that's what it does. She's being traded already. All right. Yeah. Got it. Um, We've had one, one trade in MMA, if you want to call it that, throughout yeah. the history. Now we're going to have this one. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, it just lets us know. You also had Alex, Alex Perea fought in LFA. Mm-hmm. You know, kickboxing uh, world champion from Glory, a guy that has knocked out um, Israel Adesanya. He fought Thomas Powell that night and knocked Thomas Powell, Powell out with yeah. freaking, oh, dropped him. He's got power. You know, we, we were talking about him earlier in the week, and, you know, he's. I think 33, almost 34 years of age coming up or something like that. But uh, he doesn't have a lot of time when you're looking at it. But I know he wants to go to the UFC. And if he goes there, could he create problems? Could. He's got the power. But I don't think he translates as well as Adesanya with his kickboxing to the MMA world. No, he's got I power. Yeah, I don't think they're going to. Um, what are you going to do with them, man? Like, he's 34. You can't That's rush the problem. Him. You can't rush him to the top to fight your champion who's younger who is undefeated like it's just not yeah. it doesn't make sense for them to do that and uh we and i and like i said we we know how the ufc works in in those type of terms and they're smart it's smart on their part you know you got izzy who's what 29 30 years old yep yeah i think he's 30 and 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 you know you look at alex you know he's already got a loss on his record i think uh i'm not sure if it was first mma fight or what it was but it's got a He's phenomenal in the kickboxing world, and he's yeah, got he, power. Yeah, it was his but first he, MMA fight he lost. If he touches somebody, he's going to hurt him. Yeah, his, okay. next three, his next three fights were KO, TKO, and KO. So, <laughs> so he's got, yeah, he's got, obviously got some power. But, I mean, hey, well, I mean, a little. it'd be nice. He wants to go to the UFC, he wants to fight Izzy, but he's gonna have, they're going to put him against somebody else before he fights Izzy. They're not just going to throw him in there to be champion. You know, that's not yeah. how it works. And then he's going to... Especially at 34 years of age, no. they're going to go, eh, let's see what no. you do. They're going to give him someone like Gaslam first, and Gaslam's just going to fucking just run circles around him. <laughs> take him Ooh, down. Run circles you. around him. Take him down. Russell. Oh, man. Uh, good stuff. And then here, what else? There was a... What news you got for me? I got one thing. Okay. I want to say congratulations to Mark Ratner, who the UFC put in the UFC Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, Mark is uh, a special guy in the uh, regulatory world of MMA. Came from being an inspector in Nevada, you know, ended up going all the way to the head position of being the executive director of the Nevada State Athletic Commission. He was in that position, I think, from 19, I want to say 92 mm-hmm. until 2006, when, so 14 years, which is unheard of really, uh, when he took the job with the UFC. Uh, I worked with him before it was legal in Nevada. Um, he's just a, a quality individual. He's one of those guys when you look, you know, he, he's, the, uh, he's the mold of what people in the regulatory world want to be. Sure. Mark was very even-handed, uh, very calm, very uh, analytical about you know, how to do things. Never puts himself in a position where he makes a decision real fast, uh, except if it's the Tyson Holyfield fight and Tyson bites someone ear off. He's quick to say, <laughs> "Let's get this fight going again. Take take the points. Don't don't de- don't DQ him." Oh jeez. <laughs> well, he'll talk about that. I've talked to him. He goes, he says, "Yeah, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have told Mills that." <laughs> you know, but he was you know he's looking at a big pay per view and yeah, you know, 
and it's not going to happen again. But, uh, you know, he, he's a guy that's got a ton of respect, you know, from everyone. And he deserves that. The, he, he helped get, you know, the sport of MMA and especially the UFC legalized in, in a lot of places around the world, not only in our country, but, you know, I think his biggest uh, shining moment was uh, when New York finally legalized MMA that was with a lot of uh, persuasion and stuff from uh, Lorenzo Fertitta too but going in the Hall of Fame he deserves that and uh, congratulations to Mark Bradley you just said a lot of persuasion from the mafia is what you just said <laughs> <laughs> uh, Radner has nothing to do with the mafia I just want to put the point that no no I know no but you said Lorenzo Fertitta there was a lot of persuasion yeah, I know. from Lorenzo Fertitta I was like yeah the mafia <laughs> so um oh the fight the fight that was announced tony ferguson and uh Oliveira. yeah i love it yeah i love it you don't like it no why why don't you like well it? I, I i do like it i really like charles Oliveira. i think you know bronx is freaking good and his submission game is outstanding he's just doesn't have the style it's gonna match up well in my opinion with tony I agree. Why don't you like it then? I like Tony. <laughs> well, I like Tony too, but I just look at it and I go, I think I, I I'm not sure when, you know how many, what's the win streak that Oliveira's on, but he's had some really good fights. You know, fought Keith Lee, got a win against him. Uh, I'm sorry, Kevin. I said Keith, Kevin Lee. <laughs> well, I'm just talking about his brother. Um, I just you you look at styles make fights, and sometimes styles make it to where you go, oh, that's a fun fight based upon this. And I just look at everything that Charles does. Um, he can keep, if he can keep it on the feet and keep length, he's got, you know, he's got a chance. But if it gets into when Tony's able to grab a hold of him, pin him up against Cage, hit him with elbows, it's going to, it's going to go downhill fast. Hmm. I just look at it that way. But if he can get Tony down. <sighs> he, he's he got a slick submission game. He yeah. really does. But, he normally pulls things out, you know, he he's the guy that'll pull off, you know, he'll pull off the calf slicer, he'll pull off the bicep lock, he'll pull off the freaking, you know, uh, he hasn't done it, but he'll be a guy to pull off a twister. Yeah. He does those type of submissions very well. He's got really, he's got a good, very a beautiful job of setting up a rear naked choke when he switches hands and the way he'll lock it in. He's slick. I just don't think that, you know, again, and I could be wrong. But I think that matchup with Tony, he's he's fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, he's not a big guy, Oliver. No, he's not. Not for fifty-five. But he's like, it's too much for him to cut to forty-five, and fifty-five is he's just too small with the way that the guys have gotten so much bigger now at fifty-five. You know, and so um, I, mean, I look at guys like uh, Islam Makachev. I'm like, oh, God, you should be fighting at one eighty-five. <laughs> not 155 dude oh khabib's the same thing yeah no, exactly so. yeah yeah but i mean islam's got the bigger frame taller longer you know that yeah. kind of thing but yeah that's why i use him as an example because he's just so he's big anyways uh i'm excited for the fight i think Oliveira has a chance in the submission department potentially in catching uh tony with his head down in a guillotine um i don't tony's obviously not going to take him down he's gonna try to keep him at arm's length but Charles got a good little uh, push kick. You know, he's got good little, he's got good technique. He slips punches really well and throws very well. But 
I agree with you. If, if if Tony fights a smart fight where he presses him to the fence and just starts hitting him with elbows, controlling that, controlling him, wrist control with those big ass enormous hands that Tony's yep. got. Charles will not get his wrist free. Yeah, he won't get his wrist free. And I'm like thinking to myself, this, yeah, I, I agree with you, but I think it's going to be a better fight than you think. It'll be a better fight than you, than you think, or at least the, what your tone of voice just described it to be. Okay. <laughs> It'll be a better fight than that. But I, I, I'm excited to see Tony fight again. I want to see how he comes back. From oh, this, I want to see fight. Tony fight again. Yeah, and, you know, it's a, it's a, it is a question when you look at yeah. How does he perform in this fight? Because if he comes back and he's the old Tony, you're going, oh, he's back. But yeah. if he doesn't and Oliveira, you know, does a good job with him, has his ways in certain things, then it could be that, you know what, we're, we might be seeing the decline. It's a possibility. But. He is 30, what, 37? 36, 37 yeah. now? So, I mean, 36. That's about that age, man. Yeah. You know, I fought Nate when I was 36. And then at 37, you know, uh, lost to Benson or whatever. But then, it, like, it just starts to trickle downhill. It's, I don't know, one loss gets you. And then it just, you kind of change a couple little things. You start feeling like you're not the same fighter. The confidence, the confidence starts to hit you. Tony doesn't seem like he lacks confidence. Yeah, never. Know. So um, maybe never. he won't have the same problem I had. But it's, <laughs> it's one of those things. I mean, but, you know, like, we, we continue to say this. Father time's undefeated. There's nothing you can do about it. And it's just that situation. So um, I guess that's it. So look, just real quick, you guys, I, I want you guys to understand we, we were having some technical difficulties throughout there and the camera was kind of giving us a little bit of a fit. So bear with us. Um, you know, we know we, it's there. We know we it's there. We, we apologize for that. Also go to mybookie.ag or mybookie.com and that'll take you directly to um, to their site. Use the promo code Wayne in and they'll give you an extra $50. Um, 50%. 50, oh, extra 50%. Fifty percent. Okay. Yes. And uh, use our promo code Wayne in, and that's how they track us. And then also they give you an extra fifty percent of whatever you deposit. Correct. That is it. There you go. Up to a thousand dollars. Up to a thousand dollars. Up to a thousand dollars in. You now have fifteen hundred dollars. Nice. nice. That Very. Hit, nice. That's not as bad as I thought. I thought you were just saying it was only fifty dollars. Man. Oh good no. Stuff. No. Good stuff. Fifty percent. I'll take fifty percent all day long. Thousand bucks. Five hundred dollars in. Hello. Um, and then uh, when the odds drop, we'll do our midweek show. And we will break down the odds for you guys, and you guys can understand who to bet on. Because John, John, been getting rich lately off this stuff. Uh, me, not so much. So maybe don't follow my. <sighs> I'm a big. I'm like one of those big dumb gamblers where I take like the. I was almost gonna bet on Dame, uh, not Jen, Damien, uh, Jennifer Maya. I was like, hey, hundred bucks wins me sixteen hundred dollars. I ah, did it. Forget it. I did it. Yeah. See, maybe you're not as bright Dang. as I thought. Well, I know. I was like, <laughs> well, I was, I was like, eh, I'm a good i mean just do this so yeah, yeah i had yeah. a friend sitting there telling me oh bet this one bet this one All right. <laughs> <laughs> must have been drinking <laughs> it was absolutely. Like, absolutely there was some whiskey involved that's hilarious that's all right is there anything else you got for us gian because you're being quite the talker yeah we're good now we're good that's it that's all we get all right, man. okay you're gonna have to focus on doing your job a little bit better i'm gonna write out a list i'm gonna type it up to you and text it to you okay i'm gonna have some words with dave about it. i better replace you with someone better if you mess up <laughs> All right. Big John, you got anything else to say? I don't have anything else to say, but see ya.